So I just am going to talk through my story because the Lord has done some really crazy things in my life. So a little bit of background around me. Um, I'm an only child. One perfect child. <laughs> well done. Just kidding. <laughs> You'll learn. It was not perfect. Uh, so only child. Uh, my parents have been married for 30 years, both my mom's side and my dad's side. I have generation after generation of married, like strong, healthy marriages in my family, which I'm so thankful for. And it's just so good to have both of my parents present in my life. So shout out to my mom and dad. Love you guys. They're the best. So life, my life, even though it seemed really good, from the outside was not without challenges. Um, my dad and I had a really tough time communicating when I was growing up. And actually until about five years ago, we just didn't communicate. Um, when I was growing up, I always, like I just constantly felt dismissed by him. Um, Sorry, I'm really emotional all the time. So if I cry, I'm, I just apologize. Um, I just felt dismissed by him. And I felt like he, he just told, would tell me, hide your emotions. Just don't feel it. Just get over it. And so I just would suppress everything. And I'm like, yeah, okay, don't feel it. Okay, even though I'm the kid who feels all of the things. It was really, really confusing. And, it, and it's... It just caused me this anxiety and it caused me this great confusion because I didn't know who I was supposed to be. So it caused, and then this anxiety that I had, this crippling anxiety, it caused me to come into these agreements and these lies about my dad. So I grew up um, just with a false idea of how he actually thought about me. His heart for me was to protect me and it was to, he never wanted to say the wrong thing and so he just wouldn't say anything. But for me, his lack of communication meant that I had done something wrong and that I had failed him, which was really, really hard. So I had this expectation over myself and I didn't want to let anyone down, but I especially didn't want to let my parents down. I was their only kid. So I just, I just didn't know what to do. I didn't want to disappoint them. I, I wanted to protect their feelings. And so my idea of protection over them was to just not talk about anything in my life. The, I just didn't confide in them. And the enemy had me so confused about who was safe in my life and who wasn't safe that I just wouldn't communicate with anyone ever. So fast forward to middle school, I was sexually assaulted by a couple of our neighbors. Um, didn't tell anybody, just kept going on with life and it just was what it was. Then um, I grew up in church, so I would be at youth group, we would go to conferences, to events, whatever, you stay the night. Girls are in one area, boys are in another area. But we, I had a boy in my youth group that was my same age and he would take my undergarments and my youth pastor's undergarments. And like Jim was talking about, it's kind of this atmosphere of being sexually assaulted. And it made me feel so violated. It made me feel unprotected. It made me feel like I wasn't worth anything except what I could give somebody with or without my own permission. He just would take what he wanted. Then there was my first love in high school. Um, we were together for four years, two years in high school, two years into college. 
He was a raging alcoholic, even in high school. He was extremely um, mentally and emotionally abusive. He would say things to me like, you're just really ugly or you're just really fat. And I was a girl who didn't have a lot of confidence to begin with. And he would grab my arms to try to prevent me from leaving. And I would have bruises up and down my arms. That just fingerprints, handprints all over me. Again, not telling anyone. So I remember wanting to make, make him feel better so badly. I remember wanting to do anything that I could to just give him some peace or something. And even though he was so unkind to me, I felt like I couldn't say anything right. I felt like I couldn't do anything right. Like I said, I didn't have any self-worth. I didn't know who I was. So I ended up giving myself to him sexually. Thought it was the only way that I could make him feel better, even if it was just for a teeny amount of time. I would just give him me over and over because it would stop his chaos for a minute, or I thought it stopped his chaos. Really, what it did was create in me pure chaos and tons of confusion. It didn't solve anything for him either, by the way. It just caused me to believe a lie that I didn't deserve any better. I wasn't worth any better. This was as good as it was going to get, and it was awful. This is how I was going to spend the rest of my life. I was so broken and so insecure. Then he got deployed. While he was gone, he'd say, I'm going to marry you. I'm going to marry you. He even called me up. He was in Korea, proposed to me over the phone. Hey, plan a wedding. Get with my parents. Plan it out. Get all the details ready. When I come home from break, we're going to get married. And I am so in love with this boy that I'm like, okay, I'll do whatever you want. Okay. So I remember I would sit at his parents' kitchen table and I would be with them and in the same breath, we would be talking wedding details and they would say, get out, leave, get out while you can, this is bad. Same breath. So confusing, you guys. Caused more confusion in me. I'm like, wait a minute, we're just, we were just planning details of my wedding. Like, I want red roses and now you're telling me to get out. I like, I was so lost. My mom, my youth pastor, same thing. They'd say the same thing to me. Get out, he's abusive. Get out while you can. You don't need this. You don't deserve this. You're worth more. But the enemy had me so confused and I, I had such a soul tie to this boy that I couldn't hear what the people were telling me. I couldn't hear the truth of God in my life from the people that were closest to me. So I just, I mean, I literally don't have any memory of them saying it. I remember when the Lord finally broke this soul tie, I remember saying to my mom, why did no one tell me? Why, like, what the heck? Four years, are you joking? I don't understand. And she was like, we told you all the time. But it was like in one ear, out the other. I just, I literally couldn't receive the truth for my life. So fast forward to 2013. I end up here at Victory Faith. 
literally at this conference. Thank you, Pastor Jim, for going in the call of ministry into your life because it saved my life. I came to this conference, you guys. I remember the Lord encountering me. Okay, and I didn't grow up. I, I grew up in a church not like this. So people raising their hands, I was like, y'all are crazy. These, I gotta go. I didn't grow up like this. So I remember the Lord encountering me in this way that I had never known. And the best way that I can describe it is being washed. It was like I had this moment in the presence of the Lord where this water was just washing over me. And I remember the Lord speaking and he said so clear, he said, you're cleansed, you're restored, you're wanted, you're chosen, and you are worth the wait. And I was like, ah, what? Well, that's crazy. So the confusion washed away. My body was restored, and then he began to do this work in me to break this soul tie that I had to my first love. He began to show me who I was, who I am. I'm a daughter of the king. I'm confident, I'm wanted, I'm strong, I'm kind, I'm beautiful, I'm chosen, I'm worthy, I'm free. I'm loved. His truths just began to flood my mind and flood my heart. I began the process of forgiveness. Don't know if any of you have walked that journey. It's real hard. Let me tell you. So long, it took a long time. I cried so many tears. I remember being like, Lord, I don't even know how I still have tears to cry. Where? I don't even know where they're coming from. I haven't drank water in seven years. I've just been crying my life that way. Like, I don't get it. So tons of tears, tons of time. But this process of forgiveness, I needed to forgive my dad. I needed to forgive those neighbors. I needed to forgive the kid in my youth group. I needed to forgive my first love. And I needed to forgive myself. It was so hard, you guys. But let me tell you, the work was worth it for the freedom that I've received today. And now what I get to walk in, now, because I took that time, because I let people into my life, let mentors into my life, I get to stand up here and tell you that the Lord restored my sexuality. The Lord restored my purity, my identity. I get to stand here and testify about the goodness of Jesus, the one who never left my side. He's not going to leave us broken. He always restores. I get to walk boldly and confidently in my giftings and who I'm called to be and created to be. I have such a good relationship with my dad. It's full of love, it's full of grace and healthy communication. Something I lived without for 23 years. The Lord completely restored my relationship and I'm so thankful because like I said, my parents are the most amazing humans on the face of the earth, except my heavenly father. They are the greatest. I get to wait and be pursued by the man that God has for me, the one that he's always had for me. I know my worth. I know that I'm worth the wait. <laughs> I know that we're going to be two whole people going into a marriage, not two half people. I know that every part of him is going to match every part of me. I get to see the love of God wash away the shame that I once carried. I get to see the beauty in my story instead of the fear of sharing my story. 
I get to see the faithfulness of God. The best gift that I could have ever received for what I walk through. Because the Lord is always good. That's, thank you for letting me share.